There's been this underlying belief in society that the marker of successful sex is orgasm, but there's little discussion as to how achieving orgasm, your mindset, your feelings, your headspace and your body can affect your sexual experience. We're going to chat about how achieving orgasm ultimately starts with you, and we're going to bring in a little professional help in this episode from Casey Tanner, a sex therapist. She, a podcast for the non-traditional woman. I'm Tiana. And I'm Sophie. And And we're we're a a couple. couple. Join us as we break down the modern feminine experience and explore an alternative view on what it means to be a woman in today's society. Hello everyone and welcome to our 25th episode of SHE, an acronym for Shifting Her Experience. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Shifting Her Experience and send us a DM to be featured as our next Woman of the Week. We're really excited about this episode because we're going to have our first guest on in a little bit to help us out with this topic. Yeah, our very first guest ever on SHE. We're so (laughs) excited about this. But before we introduce today's topic and our guest, we want to shout out our Woman of the Week for this episode, Olivia Fisher, who sent us a DM of a statistic that we're going to read later in this episode in regards to women and orgasms. Yeah, we'll get to that soon, but thanks for sharing it with us, Olivia. We really do love receiving messages from our listeners, so keep them coming. Exactly. And you know, we'd love to hear what you all think of today's episode in particular as well. So as you can see by the title, um, today's episode is all about the silent eye in orgasm because we really believe that orgasms start with you. Yeah, more often than not, we've been taught that it's your partner's responsibility to bring you to orgasm. And yes, this can be achieved together, but having an orgasm and just a pleasurable sexual experience always begins with you first. Mm -hmm. Yeah, your mindset, your headspace, how you're feeling, uh, how your body is reacting to someone. I mean, these are all aspects that come into play and we forget that first and foremost an orgasm is a very personal experience yeah I think a lot of people especially women have been taught to be embarrassed by their bodies from a young age so we've talked about this in previous episodes that oftentimes a woman's body is either shamed or sexualized but we internalize this and our approach to sex is affected by it. So much so that when we do enter into a sexual relationship with someone, we can subconsciously like bring this into it. And I think the main point for me would be that it's so important to remember that you need to understand your sexual self first instead of relying on a partner to figure it out for you. Mm, Absolutely. I strongly believe that if you don't know your way around your own body, how are you supposed to teach your sexual partner what you like? Yeah. I mean, this was something I definitely struggled with years ago. Um, Like I was so nervous to explore myself. So when it came to having sex, I didn't know what I wanted. Um, Eventually for me, an orgasm was something I experienced by myself and realized that it was so much more than something physical. You know, first of all, I needed to be relaxed. I needed to be in a headspace where I wasn't distracted. I needed to be excited. You know, I've had sex before where I just wasn't excited enough for it. (laughs) Was that when you were having sex with men? I'm not gonna say anything uh, (laughs) but um, anyway going back to my point about experiencing an orgasm myself for the first time um, yeah I felt I needed to be in control of how I figured out my own body Um, I didn't feel comfortable having someone else do that for me I wanted 
the you know the safe space of being on my own and exploring figuring out what I do like versus what I don't um and you know there was no one else in the room with me you know checking the clock or getting tired or bored it was just me like I was the only one (laughs) there to keep happy. (laughs) I think a lot of people have that experience where orgasm is something you experience on your own first and you know not everyone but a lot of people and I also just think communication is something so important during partner sex that a lot of people avoid. I know in my past I didn't always communicate what I wanted. I sort of just like went with the flow and would make a suggestion here and there but I wouldn't say like hey I want less of this and more of that. So We forget that like we need to tell our partners what we want and what we expect from a sexual experience. Definitely. Yeah. I was someone who just went with the flow as well. And I I wasn't selfish enough. Interesting. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I worried more about like what the other person was thinking about the sex or my performance. uh, So much so that I completely forgot that I was in the room having sex too. (laughs) yeah I just like didn't give myself more of a a spotlight when I should have but um, yeah being able to tell each other like I don't like this but I like this or you know being patient with each other sex is supposed to be a mutual experience and that means taking care of yourself as well as doing things for the other person yeah so if we always create a very safe space for both of us to talk about sex which is so important and We are very open in our conversations and we've established our likes and dislikes as well as expectations. But Mm -hmm. before you, my sex life wasn't always like that. I didn't have as open of conversations in the past. And I mean, in general, I am a very open person who has no problem like bringing up the topic of sex. And if something had to be said, I would say it. But I've never been in such a comfortable environment that made me feel like, I could discuss anything and with someone who could relate, aka like, you know, you being a woman too. So that, of course, contributes to being able to feel comfortable enough to reach orgasm with a partner, you know? Yeah, I think as well, a lot of people get too influenced by um, Hollywood and what an orgasm actually looks like. Um, You know, we tend to have this preconceived notion of what sex and orgasms are, that when it actually comes to having sex, you realize, oh, wait a minute, like that standard sex position, that doesn't work for me, should it? (laughs) Or, you know, my orgasm face is not like that. Or I don't make any sound when I orgasm or I make a lot of sounds when I (laughs) orgasm. Like the truth is, sometimes we might not even have a clue what our innate sexual behavior is because we're influenced by what we think it is um you know this was me to a t if i'm being honest (laughs) such a good point though that is such a good point because we think something is wrong with us or something is off if something that works for others doesn't work for us or exactly the whole like am i making enough sounds and in society we're under the impression that women reach orgasm so easily and actually i want to quickly point out a study that we mentioned earlier on the topic of preconceived notions and this expectation for women to be super vocal with their moaning during sex. Well, (laughs) 66% of women said that they moaned during sex to speed up their partner's climax. And 87% stated that they were vocal during sex to boost their male partner's self-esteem. So just another thing to think about as we discuss orgasms and the expectation of women to have them with minimal effort. Mm. I was guilty of this, to be bluntly honest. Yeah, there came a time, though, when I decided to become more sexually aware, when I was becoming more selfish and exploring more and more what I liked. 
what my automatic reaction was to certain sexual experiences. I noticed then that I was not the Sophie that I was when I was having sex, like these Hollywood movies. Yeah, of course. How would you be, you know? Of course, yeah. But I realized that the sounds I made were different. Um, How I moved was different. How I took a breath was different. How I was having sex was ultimately different. You know, how I communicated about sex became different too. By the time you and I met, um, we had already been figuring ourselves out. We came into this relationship having found the balance of giving the spotlight to ourselves and each other. Yeah, that's so true, Soph. There was also something about you that made me so comfortable with you so quickly. Um, but also when we met, I knew very much who I was and what I wanted in, in many aspects. So that's important. You know, it all starts with yourself. Absolutely. Well, you know, today we want to get a professional perspective on the silent eye in orgasm and how the enjoyment of sex begins with you. So we want to introduce you all to Casey Tanner, a leading sex therapist known as Queer Sex Therapy on Instagram. We want to invite Casey into our episode to get a professional opinion and perspective on the topic of orgasms and feeling comfortable during sex. Yes, Casey is calling into our episode today from Chicago. Hi, Casey. Hey, guys. I could not be more excited to be here and to be your first guest is the biggest honor. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us on today's episode. We're so interested to hear what you have to say on this topic. Absolutely. Yeah, I think this is a topic we all need and get nothing of in our sex education. So I'm so here for it. Facts. (laughs) Absolutely. Well, you know, On this topic of orgasms and partner sex in particular, Casey, what are your thoughts on the notion of orgasms starting with you and your headspace? I think, you know, it is such a radical thought, but it's also such an essential thought in the sense that, you know, we can't have a healthy relationship with other people unless we have a healthy sexual relationship with ourselves. Yes. Uh, I can't, you know, I can't tell you how many times couples come into my office complaining that their partner isn't quote, turning them on, unquote. Mm. And, and, you know, and, and this feels like a massive problem. And then I'm, I'm that therapist that turns to them and, and says, well, I'm just curious, what are you doing to turn you on? Yes, um, I love they, that. You know, they give me these blank stares. And I know it's kind of snarky. Um, but the point is that we are responsible for our own pleasure. And, you know, one way I would encourage folks to think about this is if you just worked an eight hour day and then you came home, you cook dinner, you do the dishes, you talk to your mom on the phone for 45 minutes, and then you show up in your bed expecting your partner to make you desire sex, you're going to feel disappointed because nothing about the day I described is remotely erotic. And Mm. the only person that can actually shift you into an erotic headspace is you, um, which means that you have to find time before encountering your partner to set intentions around sexuality and sex if that is something that you want to happen. I love that. No, and that's really, really great advice. I think a lot of people and couples in general would love to hear. On the topic of advice, what is some advice you would give to people who want to have more orgasms with their partner or simply want to enjoy partner sex more? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... I have three cats, as I've told you both before. And if anyone listening has a cat, so they will know that the more you chase after a cat, the more they want nothing to do with you, right? (laughs) Oh, that's so true. Right? So, and then the moment you don't care or are busy doing something that's actually important, uh, you know the cat wants your attention and wants to sit on your lap. 
Um, and that's my experience with my cats. And, and that is how I like form this metaphor that orgasms are like cats, because if we make them the focus and we go after them, then our anxiety about whether or not we'll have orgasms will actually shift our erotic focus away from pleasure. So similar to a cat, it's only when you're present with your body, sort of forgetting that orgasm is the goal, um, that you're present with your partner, that orgasm will come to you. And so it's sort of the sense of let it come to you. The more you chase after it, the further away it will go because erotic focus and presence with ourselves is the thing that ultimately leads to orgasm. I so, love that. Yeah, right, I absolutely and, and, and the agree other, Yeah, the other piece of that is, you know, enjoyment and orgasm aren't mutually exclusive. So if you focus on enjoyment and the orgasm doesn't come, you're still good, right? You just enjoyed sex. If orgasm does come, then it's the icing on the cake. So if you focus on enjoyment um, and an orgasm comes, that's awesome, but you don't need it to have an amazing sexual experience. Yeah, I know because I I always like have this conversation with people and I'm like, you know, you don't have to have an orgasm to have good sex, you know? To have successful sex. Exactly, exactly. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people get those two things mixed up. Absolutely. Yeah. So would you, I have a question, would you say um, in your professional experience when women find it difficult to orgasm, is it more often than not a psychological matter? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, of course there are those physical uh, origins of difficulty with orgasm, but I would say nine times out of 10, there's something psychological going on. Um, you know, even with, with there is pain, there is also something psychological going on. So yes, I, would say, I agree with that. Right. And so I see issues with orgasm arising mostly from trauma, whether that's big T trauma or little T trauma. And so what I mean by that is big T trauma are those major life events that overwhelm our systems are really challenging. And that little T trauma is uh, all the things that add up when we're socialized as people with minority identities, like being women, right? Or being queer. Mm -hmm. Those are all little T traumas that build up as we navigate the world as people socialized as women. So putting that a little bit more simply, our experiences shape us. And because our, you know, our clitorises aren't, you know, detached from the rest of us and from our mind, what happens in our mind and what happens in our day to day is going to show up in the bedroom inevitably. Yeah, I so agree with that. Even just you mentioned like queer sex versus let's say like straight sex. And Soph and I both previously happened to be in relationships with men and then um, transitioning into an environment where it's two women, it's a lot more open. We're very like communicative, like when it comes to sex. So it is very different. Um, But that's just really interesting that you brought that up. I love that you said that. Yeah. Oh, totally. I mean, I think just like we bring our experiences into the room, we bring our identities into the room. And so, yeah, when you have two people sharing the same identity, both women, that is going to be an entirely different communication experience. Yeah. Would you actually say that you can still have successful sex without an orgasm? Oh, hell yeah. Yes. I figured Um, that's where you were going, but. (laughs) Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think one of the biggest gifts that we can give ourselves or to our relationship is to change the definition of what success looks like during sex, right? So, you know, you all mentioned sort of that Hollywood sex, that Hollywood (laughs) orgasm, right? Mm. So maybe instead, maybe we throw that away and instead of defining success as, you know, mutual orgasm in under three minutes, we actually start to define it as something <laughs> that you know we can actually there. control. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like what if we imagine a world where success and sex was actually how connected you were or how mm-hmm. present you were able to be, right? Or maybe it's successful because you all tried something new or you were able to ask for what you need when maybe that's something that's hard for you. Or maybe you were receptive to feedback and that's something that's new. 
right? That's so true in the connection. Yeah. Yeah. Those are, those are the things that actually, when I see a successful sexual relationship, those are the things that those couples are doing. I really love that you said that. I think a lot of people will benefit from hearing that. And it's so important to remember that, yeah, like sex isn't dependent on, did you have an orgasm? Like, I don't know if it's savage to say, but that's a very like straight mentality in that way. Like, I feel like when I was in straight relationships, that's what I assumed. Like, oh, that's what successful sex is. But um, my opinion obviously has changed a lot (laughs) since then. Right, Um, right. Well, it's not just that, you know, straight straight sex would tell us that orgasm is success. It's actually that the orgasm of a, pe- a penis is success, right? Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's not even mutual orgasm. It's just the penis has to come and then we can be done. And that's when right? sex is over, yeah. Yeah, and that's when it ends. Yeah, I've mentioned before in another episode that I, when I first came out and was telling people that I was in a relationship with a woman... The most like common question I would get was, well, how do you know when sex is over? (laughs) And I'd be like, well, it's interesting then, you know, I would look at them and be like, okay, well, I understand what type of sex you're having because (laughs) Tiana and I are having sex where it is mutual. It's, you know, talking, uh, saying I like this, I like that, I don't like this, I don't like that. And there's no time limit either. Right. You know? Right. Like, how cool would it be if it was just over when one person said, like, "Okay, I think I'm good now. Like, I I think (laughs) that was great. I feel I feel fulfilled. Right. What if that was actually the end? (laughs) No, but that's like very realistic. So I actually wanted to ask you, Casey, why do you think women in particular are so embarrassed to talk about orgasms, especially with their partners? Yeah, I don't think that this is an accident, actually. I think that we're socialized this way. I think that people with vulvas are socialized to think that talking explicitly about sex is, you know, unladylike or too forward or even slutty. Um, And so we're we're also socialized to decenter ourselves, right? Like, I think one of you, I don't remember who was talking earlier about what it's like to put yourself in the spotlight during sex and how yeah, different that, that feels. Yeah, Sophie, exactly. And the patriarchy benefits from that, right? Like mm-hmm. the smaller we get as women, the, the more space there, there is for them to expand. Oh, um, and that doesn't just point. happen at yeah. work. It doesn't just happen, you know, uh, in the day-to-day tasks at home. It happens in our sex lives. So because we're socialized to decenter ourselves, to not talk explicitly about sex, yeah, when it comes to combining those two things, it's going to feel um, embarrassing, if not really uncomfortable and and scary. Yeah, that's a really good point. I think a lot of um, women in particular are embarrassed to talk about orgasms, or it's something we like, find funny, or it's something we only talk to our like female friends about, but you know, we should be talking to our partners. Yeah, it's a secret. That's a good point. Very secretive topic of conversation. Um, Another thing as well that I wanted to explore a bit with you, because this is so important when talking about the silent eye and orgasm is, you know, like giving yourself that space and, you know, just the the conversation of masturbation and how that's like such a, a taboo when it's it's time for yourself, you know? Absolutely. I think that, you know, one of you also mentioned that masturbation is a way to sort of Uh, experiment, explore, and find the language for what it is that you like so that you can communicate it to a partner, right? It's a way to sort of remove our partner's ego from the situation because when our partners are there, so are their egos and we don't want to hurt their feelings and it's hard to give them feedback. So in (laughs) masturbation, we remove all of that and it's, it's just me, myself, and I, I get Mm. to actually ask myself what I want. Um, and then it becomes that much easier to then bring it to my partner once I know. Exactly. There is such a taboo when it's, it's, you know, it's 
a chance to check in with yourself it's becoming like self-aware like not only physically but mentally you know and I, I think it's it's something we we do not talk about ever it's almost like it's just something you just don't go there like that's way too um like connected with shame or or something yeah. because you know sex is pleasurable but pleasure is also associated with shame in our society so yeah that's a good point it really is because pleasure in order to experience pleasure we have to believe we deserve pleasure mm. and women aren't taught that they deserve pleasure i and love so, that yeah well we don't love off. it but we love that no, you no, said yeah, it. i don't love that concept but i love that you highlighted that yeah <laughs> <laughs> i know what you mean I totally do. we actually have one last question before we let you go um are there like steps to achieving orgasm like in a partnership that tend to work for a lot of people Mm. Oh gosh, wouldn't that be amazing? Um, yes, there, uh, <laughs> maybe not like I, a cut and dry steps, but yeah, no, I get what you mean. And yes, there are steps, and and they're not they're not steps that you can necessarily employ during one sexual experience, but they're steps that you can employ over some time with a partner. I think you know one thing that people don't realize is that it's okay to focus on something other than your partner during sex. And and you have a lot of other options. And one directive I'll give to clients is to try experiencing sex through your five senses, because our five senses are all we have in order to be present. And so thinking, okay, what am, what is it that I'm tasting right now? Maybe it's sort of the salt of sweat on my skin, right? What am I hearing right now? Oh, it's my partner's, you know, my partner's moan, or it's my own deep breathing, What am I seeing in front of me? Um, You know, what is it that I'm feeling? And just sort of continuing to go down that list. And as you do that, what what you're developing is what we call erotic focus or the ability to be present with our pleasure. And that is the thing that drives orgasm. So I would say that for folks who are really desiring orgasm and having trouble getting there, that would be a great place to start. The five senses as the five steps almost. (laughs) Yeah, there we go. Perfect. I think that's a great way to close it out. Uh, Thanks so much, Casey, for joining us today on this topic. We really, really appreciate you coming in and providing such valuable insight. And once again, you can all go follow Casey on Instagram at Queer Sex Therapy and follow her for free sex positive education. Thanks so much, Casey. Talk to you soon. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Thank you. Thank you so much. Wow, Soph, that was really informative. I'm really happy we had Casey on today. So I'm interested to hear, what's your takeaway on today's topic? Yeah, you know, just first of all, yeah, really, really great to have Casey on and to hear her insights on this uh, topic. But yeah, you know, the silent eye in orgasm refers to yourself, uh, you know, an experience with yourself, the relationship you have with yourself. And we spend so much time being associated with others that we forget the most important relationship you'll ever have is with yourself. So getting to know who you are sexually, if you are a sexual person, is part of that. And, and Casey said something really interesting about uh, focusing on yourself and your experience, even if you're with a partner, um, in order to be present in the experience so whether it's self-love you're taking part in or partner sex that you're having remembering to also give yourself attention you know is so important I think that we should all take that away from this episode yeah I think that's a really great point Um, for me I guess yeah if you are a sexual person sex is a way to connect with yourself and your partner I think too many times successful sex is based only on orgasm when it's really about how 
you are connecting with a partner and your partner and what you're experiencing through this connection. And I really love Casey's answer regarding the psychological side of sex. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we often only think about the physical side to sex and not the emotional and mental side. So I think that's a really important part about today's chat. Having pleasurable sex and having orgasms will always start with you. So taking the time to get to know your own body and taking the time to be present within partner sex, giving your partner a comfortable communication line to be able to express how they feel about sex. It's all going to play a part in your sexual experiences. Yep, couldn't agree more. Well, everyone, that wraps up today's episode. Um, We love hearing your stories and how you're living a non-traditional life. So keep them coming and follow us on Instagram at Shifting Her Experience and send us a message on Instagram to be featured as our next Woman of the Week. And make sure you download, rate, and review our podcast and share it with your friends to spark a further discussion on this topic. And let us know what you thought about today's episode and how having pleasurable sex starts with you. See you next Tuesday. Bye.